Thanks for hanging out with the Idea Fountain. I'm Julie Pilot, and there are so many things I'm excited to reconnect with this community on. It's always my goal to champion creators, and nothing gets me more excited than music, creativity, and community. Lately, I've been in the weeds and focused on learning so many new things from AI to focusing on consumer products. And today, I'm really excited. We're talking to Izzy from Fame Hackers. She has her own agency that helps creators and artists. I've been building with her for a minute and really appreciate her fresh point of view. She's definitely a digital pioneer. She recently launched a recession-proof course for the Fame Hackers community as an official optimist and someone who would much rather activate than focus on the doom and gloom of a recession, I knew I had to bring her on this episode to talk about it. Thanks so much for supporting the Idea Fountain, whether you subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, follow us on Instagram, share episodes, or even leave a review. All those tiny actions really add up and make a difference, and I appreciate you so much. With that, let's chat with Izzy from Fame Hackers. I-E-A-F-O-U-N-E-A-I-N. This is the Idea Fountain, life-changing conversations. So, Izzy, it's funny. We don't know each other that well. You're a new friend. I met you earlier this year with Mickey Shiloh when she did the Hard Drive Creator Camp, which was really incredible. I mean, there is an idea episode, idea fountain episode with Mickey Shiloh talking about her subscription record label. And that's where we first met. And I just, I thought you were really interesting because you're a music head. You have an A&R background, but you're also a digital expert. And you kind of stepped to the side of the music business and started championing creators with your company, Fame Hackers, um, which, okay, tell me if this is right. It's a combination of like a management company, but you also do classes and have done networking events, conferences. It's, it's a community also. How do you generally describe it to people? Yeah, so basically it's, uh, well, we recently transitioned. Uh, last year we were doing a lot of like coaching courses, workshops and stuff like that. Um, and now we're transitioning more into like an agency role. Um, and also we have moved all of our courses into just one mastermind. So, you know, we, we're not really like so focused on just selling like random courses. Now it's a group mastermind. And, uh, and the people that need support with like actually done for you, like marketing stuff, then we'll, we'll handle those. I think it's interesting because um, you and I started sidebarring before we even <laughs> officially started the interview. And I was like, wait, 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 let's save this for the interview. But we were having the conversation about how often there is a separation in conversations or industries between people that work in the music industry and people that are part of the creator economy. And I was saying, I've always looked at what you did is supporting creators as more than music, but it sounds like you kind of recently came to that thought. Yeah, um, I think the I think it's such a fine line nowadays where 
the creator economy pretty much encompasses anyone that is a creator online. And a lot of artists also, it's it's very interesting. It's such a it's such a also like trigger word because some people will say, well, I'm not a content creator, I'm a musician. And that creates a whole, you know, a whole discussion. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting. I think the creator economy, you know, just at a very basic explanation, it's basically if you are a creator and you are posting on social media, commenting on social media, um, the second that something that you write online, you become a creator. And the cool thing about the creator economy is that people, like like the actual people that normally would subscribe to bigger corporations, they actually are finding creators to be their favorite businesses to um, invest into. So even influencers have to see themselves as business owners and entrepreneurs because that's that's essentially what it is, is you're creating you know, your, your art, you're sharing your personality, sharing your thoughts, how you think, your courses, whatever. And people are investing in that. And that's how they're supporting people financially. I love it. I remember uh, one of my favorite episodes I did of the Idea Fountain was in season one or two. I had Exhibit Problem Aloe Black on and my friend Andrew from Fun. And we had a conversation about having confidence in your creativity. Yes. Side note, if you just go and jump into the episode, I kick off the episode and cry because like moments before I walked on stage, I found out somebody had passed away. But oh, no. I really truly believe that you should honor people and bring their name into the room. So I was honest and I told that story before doing this interview with like powerhouse musicians, but I hate hearing myself cry but it's one of the best episodes I've ever done because of the interview part. But I think it was problem in that episode. He said, you know, um, he was talking about creativity and he's like, we made this out of air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just the way he said that, it's like, you are a creator. And I think it's important too, to talk about musicians as creators. I don't think, even though they are, I think like the term influencer gets a bad rap at times because it can see, seem shallow and superficial. And with music, you know, there's been such a history of putting a lot of attention to detail in the art. But I think both industries, or if they're one and the same, there is so much pressure on the creators or the musicians to keep creating now more than ever it's like you're on a hamster wheel and it's like what's your next song what's your next video i don't care if you're justin bieber if you drop a new album within two weeks people are saying when's the next one coming so how do you support even with fame hackers i guess the um mental health of and pressures of being a creator and have to constantly keep creating. Yeah, mental health is a huge thing because also a lot of people will, will tie their, their self-worth to the number of likes and the number of views. And if it doesn't go viral, then it's like, ah, oh, they start you know comparing to big celebrities or the next person that has a large following. But I think it's just, you know, I think the, the kind of like the biggest mindset reframe around all of that is just to kind of actually think of the people if you do get 30 views, imagine 30 people in your house, right? Like that's a lot of people. So I think it's just first, just diffuse it, forget about everyone else. The fact that you actually have the power to show your music to 30 people right now, that's very empowering, right? That's something that you probably couldn't do two, three years ago. 
So, um, and that's like the power of TikTok and social media. So I think that's, that's number one. And number two, it's really like, when it comes to like your music, um, a lot of people have, you know, a lot of pressure that it has to be successful. And like, you know, with all the tools available nowadays, it's pressure to themselves, pressure from like family members and stuff like that. And just like the pressure from society that you need to succeed to prove yourself. So when it when it does boil down to that, like, well, one of the things that we do is we actually have like a support system. So in the mastermind, we actually go through all those things. Um, and it's really cool because like in our community, at least we've seen people support each other and, you know, through the good times and the bad times. And there's always bad times for everyone. So it's, it's normal. It's just part of the journey. Um, but I think like one of the biggest things is really to just build the confidence to just show up and, and take messy action, right? Because the messy action, that's what's actually going to get your results. And if it doesn't blow up the first time, try again and try again, because most people like even Russ, Russ, Russ has been trying for years before his music went viral, right? And then he went viral and the whole strategy went viral, but it was consistency over time. Well, let's talk about that messy action. Uh, that's something I think that you and I share in common um, because, uh, you know, there's like those different personality quizzes, strength finders. Um, there's a company that I really love called Bleaker and there's um, their program is called Thinking Talents and that. they don't call it messy action, but they call it being an activator right Ooh, and cool. i am such an activator like poor izzy i was thinking about her today and i was thinking about having her as a guest on the idea fountain and then i got an email that she was having a new program and full disclosure i've said this on social media and i said this to izzy after four years of doing the podcast i've had I've been on that hamster wheel of releasing. It was challenging because when I first started the podcast, it was a fireside chat at my house. And it was really special to have the um, live audience. And then the pandemic happened and we switched to Zoom. And when the pandemic was a novelty, we had a live audience on Zoom, but then everybody got Zoom fatigue. So I've been doing one-on-one -on -one interviews, which I love, but it's just not the same as when it started. So I was trying to find my North Star, and then I saw that Izzy and Fame Hackers put together some sort of program. Honestly, I don't know what I bought, but it was like your recession-proof guide to whatever. It just kind of felt like, I don't know, You're, you'll have to say what it is, but I felt like it was potentially some sort of checklist or like guidebook on if you're creating content, here is just how you can better organize and how you can better strategize. And so I had this moment of, you know, here's something that might be able to help me and let me also help support izzy like i don't know really what the hell i'm buying but you know i like her and want to support what she does and so i bought it and then izzy dms me and she's like i really miss talking to you and i was like want to do an interview right now <laughs> that is messy action 100 thank you thank you for for you know always being so supportive um yeah so that like that is 100 even even that program is 100% messy action and it was actually born through a lot of the conversations that I've been having with people lately where everyone's starting to freak out a little bit because of the pandemic uh, not the pandemic the recession mm -hmm. right and you know gas is high inflation is high layoffs are happening um even people that were like 
getting hired for jobs in the tech industry, they got their offers taken away when they were supposed to be starting. So it's a really, it's a critical, really critical point in time right now. And I kept hearing about it. So I was just like, you know what? I put together uh, a course that comes with like a, a book and, and like you said, a checklist and everything. And it's called the ultimate anti-recession blueprint. Basically, we go through the 12 ways that you can, um, 12 highly effective ways that you can monetize and make money online right now. So that as you're going through a pandemic, you know, no matter what you're doing, you, you can be like a musician, entrepreneur, you could even just be like, uh, a human that needs, you know, side cash, that is essentially, we were just kind of like listening to the chatter and we decided to come up with something to help. Um, so that's what it is essentially in like a nutshell. And for people that are just hearing about you for the very first time, how can they join the community, get this course and participate? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, even, even that, like, we have a lot of, a ton of free resources. Um, if you go to thefamehackers.com, we have like a bunch of little mini courses, eBooks, a bunch of guides, checklists. A lot of the stuff that we have is around social media and around um, just how to make money online. Uh, one of the ways that we built our company was through selling uh, offers through virtual events. And that's one of the biggest things that we help people do as well is you know, either you're releasing music or you're releasing, you know, it could even be a podcast. Right now we're helping a, a TEDx speaker release the TED Talk through a virtual event. And it's really effective because it, it gathers people in one event. And once you have that energy and that momentum of like people's like, yeah, I'm here, I'm, I'm ready to learn, I'm ready to like participate. Sharing your other offers is so much easier for them to actually upsell and ascend into the rest of your uh, paid communities. So or pay, paid opportunities. So, um, so yeah, we have a lot of a lot of freebies and a lot of free material on that on the on but, the website. But I think that's really interesting what you said about the live event, um, and I'm so impressed also with all the ways. I mean, you're like a little tech wizard. I mean, I don't want to sound 100 years old, but I'm very, very, very impressed. Not only how you build out your site, you have like you know, instant virtual chat bots, like helping out. You have great text communication. It's not annoying. You know, you. you did do the upselling. I think that's all very, very, very good. But it feels like if you're just a creator or just a musician that like ramping up to being able to sell like that would be difficult. Yeah, so it is challenging. Um... So I guess I'll give you a little a little history on that. So when I first started Fame Hackers, um, I pretty much was bringing my digital marketing ex expertise into the music space. For some reason, it hasn't really like fully caught on in the music industry yet, and it will because this is kind of like the direction that it's headed in. Um, but basically, what I was doing, I was just if you look at other industries, if you look at like realtors, dentists, fitness, all these industries, they have like blown up their online digital components to uh, online entrepreneurs. And when it comes to the music industry, this is still kind of very brand new. When I first started Fame Hackers, there was only like five people. Now there's a handful of people. Now it's becoming more popular and there's more coaches and stuff like that. But when we first started it, we realized that a lot of our, our teachings was you got to get a funnel, you got to get, you know, Kajabi to host your content or your course, you got to get a Patreon. And it was a variety of 
resources that you needed and it was very complicated so a lot of people didn't finish because they couldn't afford it or they didn't know how to or didn't want to learn how to do it um so that's when the whole software thing came into play where we had to come up with a solution where you know once if if we're helping someone build a funnel and build that like ecosystem where they can just start selling from a link in their bio um we created that whole like template stuff and now it's pretty simple where you like you just log into the software you, you swap out your brand images you swap out your logo you add your offer and then you can start selling within like a few hours of having the software see that's so interesting izzy you know also full disclosure she jumped in when we were doing the idea fountain ying group and did some of the chats that i think that's what also derailed my regular tapings of the podcast but that's that's fine <laughs> can't take it back um but uh we talked a little bit about the software that you created and then i logged on and i was just kind of flying blind if somebody like selfishly i would love to get a little tutorial to understand Absolutely. but like how does somebody back into using your software and those tools is it they sign up with the agency or like how do they find out if working with you is a fit yeah so the software we were we were testing it internally um so just now we're like doing that like public launch uh as of like what like a month or two ago but for the past like year we've been using it internally because with the coaching program we actually coach them through how to use it because when you first log in it's an all-in-one so it's very confusing right you have your funnel build out you have your social media uh scheduler you have your email you have everything so that part is it can be confusing if you've never seen anything like that and now because we are launching we have started launching it as a uh, software on its own. Now we do have the the kind of like the onboarding tutorials of like, hey, really quick, you just logged in, you know, here's six or seven videos to get you up and running. And the whole thing shouldn't take you more than like an hour, hour and a half. Mm, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm so that's recommit. new. <laughs> that, that's I'm gonna new. recommit because I, I definitely logged on and it seemed very advanced and I kind of was like, not it. Um, okay, I have a couple more creative questions for you. Um, what would you say to the creator, whether they are a musician or, you know, somebody who's a comedian on YouTube that gets really stressed by the amount of platforms and the need to make original content, not only for each platform, but now not only do you need to do you know, something for your main page, you need to do stuff for your stories, you need to do reels, you know, now, like, I can't even believe YouTube has shorts, it's like each yeah. platform has three or four different verticals. And then there's new things popping up all the time. Like, I had like a week where I was like, I'm gonna test be real, I'm gonna test paparazzi. And then I was like, Oh, too much content. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. So what would you say to the creator that is just overwhelmed? Is it better to like pick one thing and be great at it or do each thing a little? Yes, this is an amazing question. Um, so intuitively, like the first, I think it's a two-part question. Um, intuitively, like, yeah, 100% pick one platform and go all in on it because it's more than just posting, it's community building. So you're going to have to comment, comment on other people's stuff. You're going to have to engage with other people. It's gonna take some legwork. Um, 
That's However, actually exciting to me. What, what's that? And that's actually exciting to me. Like yeah. I actually feel less pressure by the community building side of it versus photos and look at me. Yeah. So it's kind of like a mixture of both. Um, you, you definitely have to, and you know, if you are picking a platform, so here's kind of like this, the part two, the part two is that there are tools that actually will repurpose content for you. So for example, let's say that you put this, uh, recording on YouTube, right. And you put it as a, as a public link, you can go on this website called getmunch.com and it's free. It's a new company. So they're literally, it's like a free platform that you can use. And you can post your YouTube link in there and the AI will pick the most viral moments of that, of that horizontal video. And then it will recreate it in reels, shorts, and TikToks. You can download it without a watermark. It picks various moments in the clip. So it's not just one piece of content. So now from this recording, you could have, you know, like five or six videos come out of it. And when you have those five or six videos, you can post them in the, all the platforms at once, you know, like you can vary and have like a different cadence of, of how you post it. But ultimately, it's also a thing of even when you do create one piece of content, it's not just like, OK, it's one and done. Right. It's you create that. Now, think of five other ways that you can recreate the same piece to share the same idea, but in different formats, because people need repetition. And if you only say it once, chances are they won't see it or they won't remember it. So repetition is very, very important. And it's also a time saver for you when you're creating content. That's really a major key. I, I am going to sit with that. And I think that'll be helpful to a lot of people. You also said something a minute ago, I wanted to um, dive in on, you were talking about the TEDx person or the yeah. TED talk person that was creating a live event. And there was so many opportunities for him to make money and connect with his paid audience. Um, somebody was just telling me that live shopping, they expect only to grow and grow and grow. What are your thoughts about monetization and live? Because it kind of feels like it's the second time I'm hearing it, but it also feels very foreign to me. Live is the best. <laughs> so, okay, so this is also taking it like one step back. So right now in, on social media, we're in the age of personal branding. And as, as creators, when you are working on your personal brand, the one thing, two things that people look for is accessibility and trust. How accessible are they to you and how much do they actually know, like, and trust you? Um, so you can build all of that rapport through content. But when it comes to, to selling, when we've sold stuff, we've had all of our our bigger ticket items, all of whatever uh, thing we're offering at the time, we always have way bigger and better conversions when we do it live. Hmm. So, and that doesn't mean just Instagram live. It's like a Zoom live. Do you think it's because of the algorithm? Like that you... Well, I think yeah. it's because it's like, you have people in front of you and they're like in the heat of the moment right? It's when you, it, it's like all an attention game. Like right now, even though we're going through a financial recession, we're also going through an attention recession. And this is due to the pandemic because during the pandemic, everyone was like online and buying all these courses and buying all sorts of products. And now, you know, everyone's zoomed out. Everyone's like so over it that it's like, well, how can I get their attention? So if you have them on a zoom and you're interacting with them, you have their attention. They have no way to click out and go 
you know, buy a sweatshirt instead of buying whatever it is that you were offering. Um, and I see and I follow. That makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. You know why? Because like years ago when live radio started deteriorating and like TV started deteriorating, like I had a philosophy that if we were going to, and this was just my opinion when I was working at a headphone company, that if we were going to invest in marketing, you should do it in live sports. Because when everything is everywhere, the only true exclusive moments where people are going to sit through commercials and ads were live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Live is awesome. And if you, you can even start selling, you know, if you have like physical products, I've been, I've like, I've seen, um, I love crystals and there's some crystal accounts on Instagram where, where they will go do an auction on the live. And they're like, they just show their whole entire crystal collection from like the mines. And they're like, all right, this one going once. And they'll shout out the handle that puts a bid on it. It's a whole experience. <laughs> That's so funny you say that, Izzy, because, you know, in my neighborhood, there was a really fantastic store called Open Eye Crystals. And um, they not only, like, really suffered during the pandemic just because retail had to shut down, but they were some of the stores that people broke into um, when things got bad. But they started doing, I would get all these emails that they would do live QVC and sell crystals live. And I like had zero desire to ever do it. It was the store that I wanted to stop by and get somebody a last minute birthday present. And their retail store, I believe, is still there, but only open one day a week now to the public because they're doing this live QVC stuff. So it's funny to me. Have you ever heard of them? Open Eye Crystals? No, oh. <laughs> I'm going to check them out though. <laughs> well, somehow they're, they're in the crystal live game. That's awesome. Yeah. They sell like crazy. I, I can't even remember that account I follow, but it always drives me crazy. And then you'll see like fights break out in like the chat. They're like, I want it. No, I wanted it. <laughs> it's so very entertaining. Me, like not to sound narcissistic, but it's always funny. Like anything that I'm nowhere near doing, I'm like, why would somebody do that? Like I just... <laughs> I don't know. I'm not buying live. And then, okay, I'm going to ask you one final question. And I'm going to say one final question because one, you were generous enough to stay up super late. We're in different time zones and we're recording this after my munchkins have gone to bed in LA. Um, and then also one final question because I could talk to you all night. Um, when we were with Mickey, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a moment where we were talking about monetization and I feel like she kind of snapped on musicians and said, you don't need to make merch. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just curious, is that something you agree with? Like where in the hierarchy for support should that fall? Because you know, going back selfishly to things I invest in, like I buy band t-shirts left and right, you know, yeah. but <laughs> is it just more trouble than it's worth in your opinion? So yeah, the psychology behind it is when you're creating an offer um, or when you're just creating like wealth for your business, you're basically when you're selling shirts, it's a one-time purchase, right? It's not going to be recurring revenue. It's going to be maybe like a $30 shirt shipping is so high right now because of the whole situation we're living through um so 
you know, when you sell a shirt after everything, you're going to be left with like three, maybe $5 profit. It's a lot of work to get that shirt. So when you're getting like $5 per shirt, you're literally now waiting, you know, you have to get hundreds, if not thousands of people buying your stuff so you can actually make substantial income. Um, when it comes down to like digital offers, which is my personal way of, of actually creating gen, uh, revenue, digital offers means anything that can be sold online and can be downloaded online. So number one, it eliminates shipping. Uh, number two, instant gratification for the customer because they buy it, they get it right away. And like number what three- what kind of stuff though? Like, yeah, I mean, so that's a good course. question. So, so the kind of stuff that you could be selling, um, it could be, you know, a lot of a lot of the people that we work with, they either do uh, music coaching programs or like courses where they teach you like how to sing, how to uh, write music, whatever it is. If you don't want to coach, if you don't want to do anything like that, you could also do like, for example, um, there was an artist that we worked with a while ago and he did, he had a whole mental health uh, subject for his music. And basically it was like an affirmation booklet that went with the music. So now you download the music, you're actually making, expanding it, that it's not just a song, now it's an experience. Now we're gonna go through uh, mental health prompts, affirmations, et cetera. And that person, if they wanna take it one step forward, they could even actually do an affiliate where they get a partnership with like Better Health or something like that. And now they have people in that in that space where they're like, okay, I'm actually buying this, this um, digital exercise to go to get better help or better mental health when you partner with another organization now you can get affiliate commissions which is another form of monthly recurring revenue and you don't have to do any of the heavy lifting the company that you affiliate yourself with does the heavy lifting you just get the the monthly commissions so yeah it's a lot of (laughs) it's a lot of ways you know what I really appreciate and like about it is I think there's a lot of people that make music or are creators and they're so creative, they say like, I'm not doing it for the money. So yeah. they don't focus on the business strategy, but I feel like the audience, if they can invest or to participate or be a part of something, it only makes your connection stronger. And so, you should right yeah and actually studies have shown that in the era that we're living through right now with the creator economy people actually out of altruistic tendencies will invest in creators offers just because they know that that's a way that they can support them yeah what else do you want people to know um i don't know <laughs> what else? i mean just kind of how to find you jump in follow you or just again i think it's important what you're doing because yeah. you know there is a lot of doom and gloom news out there and the world is shifting consistently every single day right and so you're putting something positive into the world saying i can help like um for people that are scared and helpless just i guess what do you want them to know so there's this quote that i read on linkedin recently and it's it was something along the line i don't remember verbatim but it it was something along the lines of like if you don't like where you are right now only you have the power to change it so we know that we can't control the world we know that we can't control all the external factors that are happening but we can control like our own destiny and we can't control our own finances. So knowing that, you know, you don't even have to 
pay anything. You can go on YouTube and you can search ways to make money online. Because now more than ever, starting an online business is like the path of least resistance. You know, some people will invest into NFTs and crypto. That takes a learning curve. Some people will invest into stocks. That takes a learning curve. Starting an online business is actually monetizing your own experiences, your own skills, anything that you currently like, even this podcast, right? You can monetize this podcast, even with a small audience. That's the thing that people, a lot of people like don't do. Even when you have a small audience, as long as that audience, you can actually share something that's going to be valuable to them. There's ways to monetize. Um, so just, you know, just, just remember that you only you have the power to change your reality and you can get really creative with how you can generate that revenue. All right. Mic drop. Thanks, Izzy. <laughs> uh, I appreciate you jumping on to talk about fame hackers and monetization and the creator economy and just more opportunities for musicians. Let's stay in touch on all of it. Awesome. Thanks, Julie. <laughs> Thank you. I can't wait to check out that course. Thanks, Izzy, for coming on the Idea Fountain. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to be having an amazing photographer on the podcast, my OG college radio crew from KGRG, and continuing to have even more conversations with so many different creators about the future of the business. Thanks for being a part of the community. I appreciate you helping spread the word by posting this episode if you like it, telling a friend, and keeping in touch. Have a good week.